G'day and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. We're a church that's all about knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. And if you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit anglicandolby.org.au. This week's sermon focuses on Psalm 31 and it's by Reverend Zoe Brown. We hope you enjoy the sermon. Atheist Richard Dawkins argues that if a logical, intelligent creator is capable of creating the entire universe, complete with atoms, molecules and DNA, how then does he rationalise that the way to save us from our sin is to surrender his own son to death? Quite simply, Dawkins cannot trust the motivations of God. As we mark the beginning of Holy Week, the week leading up to Easter Sunday, Today we hear the reading of Jesus' arrival into Jerusalem. He's surrounded by the crowd shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus, riding on the donkey, passing over the coats and palm fronds laying at his feet, knows that amid this mania stand the religious leaders who have plotted to kill him. He arrives knowing he's not there to be glorified by his own actions but to glorify God through his death and resurrection. I think we really could forgive Jesus for questioning what was ahead of him. Does he trust what he knows to be ahead? Today's psalm, Psalm 31, is attributed to King David and echoes much of what I think Jesus would have been feeling and thinking as he journeyed towards the cross. Verse 13, I hear the whispering of many, terror all around as they scheme together against me as they plot to take my life. We all have times of joy as well as times of trial in our lives. And I know for myself it's much easier to trust in God and see his goodness when the music is playing, when the celebrations are in full swing, than when the depths of darkness are surrounding me. But I pray and hope that you, like me, see that this psalm, This prayer and plea to God is a reminder to us that when life brings us distress and anguish, we can lament in trust that God is with us because God alone is trustworthy. All right, here's some uh, word association for you. You need to respond to this. What comes next? In 1989, this song, Don't Worry, Be Happy, won the Grammy Award for Song of the Year, Record of the Year and Best Male Pop Performance. Safe to say it took the world by storm. This mantra was regularly used by the Indian mystic Mia Baba in the 1960s when writing to his followers and it became a catchphrase for inspirational cards and posters. Even if the intent for this catch call may have been good, it, was, it is symptomatic of how our modern culture has become increasingly adept at avoiding pain through cheap optimism and false promises. Its attempts to relax and soothe deny the reality of the human experience, which is to both rejoice and to distress. It denies the truth that there are days when we feel real, visceral despair. Looking at verses 9 to 13, David articulates it as such. Be gracious to me, Lord, for I am in distress. My eye wastes away from grief, my soul and body also. For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. 
My strength fails because of my misery and my bones waste away. I am the scorn of all my adversaries, a horror to my neighbours, an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. I have passed out of mind like one who is dead. I have become like a broken vessel. For I hear the whispering of many, terror all around, as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. Now David knows that God is his rock and refuge. That's the beginning of this psalm. But still, he expresses the lament of his heart. He is human, and it is human to worry, to be distressed, to anguish. And this is where benign phrases like don't worry, be happy, brush over the pain we experience. Either that, or they delude ourselves into thinking that we are the solution to our own problems. But David's psalm points us beyond ourselves and looks to God to lament in trust. He calls out to God to hear his anguish. He tells God his story of pain. It is real. And what this psalm cements is that in this anguish, David knows he is not alone. This isn't just a monologue of complaint. From the very beginning, David calls out, not to the stars, but to the God whom he knows and trusts. There is a second person in this story. And it's a reminder that when we face trial and anguish, we cannot, should not, and do not have to be the solution to all our own problems. David is not simply whining to the stars. He's bringing forth his deepest fears in confidence that God hears him. And as David does this, he cries out to God because he knows that God is his rock and refuge. It is God alone who is trustworthy. Let's look at verses 14 to 16. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and persecutors. Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. Now, I don't think everyone needs a Hebrew degree to read the Old Testament, but I do think sometimes our English translation misses the depths of the words. Particularly in verse 16, the word we translate as love is actually God's hesed. And there is so much more to this than just L-O-V-E. It's God's loving kindness, his compassion, his mercy, his favour. God enables David and us to be content in him because he alone is trustworthy. Not because we're guaranteed an easy life or good reigns and full bank accounts. That's prosperity gospel. But because in all seasons, no matter what we face, God is trustworthy, God is present, God is compassionate and merciful, and God is working out his good and perfect plan. Jesus knew this as he rode through the streets of Jerusalem on that first Palm Sunday, as he sat with his disciples and broke bread, as he prayed in the garden and drew blood, as he was lifted on the cross, as he took his last breath. Even as Jesus cried out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He knew that God would deliver him from his enemies and death. 
His final words come from this very psalm, Psalm 31 verse 5. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus knew that God's face would shine upon him, even in the darkest trials, to redeem us all in his steadfast love and mercy. So while atheists like Richard Dawkins balk at the death of Jesus as a symbol of God's love, I think he's actually missing the point of what God offers. God's love and compassion for us is so great, his trustworthiness is so real, that he would deny himself, his one and only son, that we may be redeemed. By knowing and submitting to the will of the Father, your will be done, he prayed. Jesus shows us that God is trustworthy. Jesus slows down and entrusts his life to God. And this is why God's trust isn't just a theoretical concept. It's real. It's tangible. God didn't just promise a Messiah and never deliver. He sent us Jesus. David expresses in this psalm and Jesus makes real in his journey to the cross this trust in God that our suffering, our trials, are not the final chapter of our story. They are not a cry that will never be heard. As David writes, my times are in your hand, verse 15. He places his trust in God who is in control, giving up his own power to see what God has planned. And through all our days, even in our darkest hour, We can trust that just as Jesus died and rose again, God, in whom we can trust, will carry us through. So as we prepare to walk the Easter walk this week, let us draw on this psalm as a reminder that to worry is to be human. We can and should bring our distress to God, our failing strength, our sorrow, our fear of those whom we dread. But as we worry, we can also kneel at God's feet and lament in trust. Jesus knelt in the Garden of Gethsemane and brought his greatest fears to God, confident in God's trust and loving kindness. God weeps with us as we draw to him in sorrow and in worship.